0: Welcome to a finally happening Your Dose of Death episode. Um, as always, I'm Lauren Rosenberg, joined by my esteemed co host, Michael Servino Esquire. <laughs> um, yeah, we are off to a flying start, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just want to give a shout, as always, to Crimson Mask and Grateful Deathmatch for being OG day one sponsors. And of course, as always, you can find us on the Count Out Network of Wrestling Podcasts. Um, just before we get into everything, I know there's been a lot that's transpired by the time this episode comes out. Um, just want to put it out there, just a general message. No need to look into this, but um, there's a lot been going on. A lot of hostilities I've seen on the internet. A lot of very interesting remarks that have been made about things that have transpired. Um, just be a bit more mindful of what's going on. Um, We're all trying to figure this out as much as you are. Um, Just kind of take it day by day. And if you need to go outside, give yourself a break from social media. Believe me, it's the best thing you could possibly do. Go outside. Just take some time away from your social media. Trust me. Um, You'll thank me later, I hope. So I just want to get that message out before we really get into anything of the nitty gritty. Um, But I do apologize as well that, that we kind of got this episode a little bit delayed. TOS. It's not, it's not uh, nah, nah, nah,
1: nah. I went to a wedding. Everybody. You
0: went to an impromptu wedding.
1: I wasn't expecting going, and then I just kind of went and I had far too many beers and kind of died. <laughs> and... <laughs> um, okay.
0: Also, though, I think just travel logistically for me, I wasn't able to get back in time to really record a valid episode. We let like it simmer, after though. we let simmer. We let everything simmer. It's yeah. okay. We we are recovering from whatever shenanigans. It was my birthday this past weekend. Um, but everyone's recovered and we are back on the grind. And of course, we as you know, we both were at the weekend of survival, the deathmatch WrestleMania weekend almost. It was Hell yes. turn of survival, cage of survival, the whole shebang. Um, I I had probably the perfect trip. I didn't have to like fly in last minute or any delays, just good smooth flying for me. But man, I envy that. I am not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the ultraviolet fuckery that happened. First, let's get into turn of survival. I'm gonna be dead honest with everybody. I've had this thought for the last now few weeks. This, to me, is the best TOS. And there's one reason why. There was not a single bad match on this entire TOS.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. The, Everything was paced well. There, every, almost every match went as exactly as I could have imagined. Um, I will say I think Drew Parker's injury definitely played a part in switching things around. And I think the finals have been different a la injury or not. Um, but really to me like the semifinals, there's always a sometimes a lull point for deathmatch tournaments. These semifinals were both very good. Yeah, they were fire, dude. Um but of course we'll get into the entire tournament. Um I want your thoughts first, just initially on TOS. What did you think of it? And of course, mind you, if you saw the live stream by now, you literally saw we were literally sitting right next to each other for Yeah, both. that was really TOS cool. and TOS. So, could not have asked for a better, yeah. better seating arrangement.
1: Dude, that was like one of the highlights getting sitting next to you, Matt Emerson, Justin Finn, um, Jared Cornelius, obviously. Cornelius. A lot of fun, man. I feel like. Uh, yeah made the whole experience better having you next to me for sure um i also had a i had a dude that was a great great weekend it was one of the best gcw weekends one of the best wrestling weekends i've had and ever you know it was just so much fun like like you said this is the wrestlemania so we had tournament of survival then we you know we got to mark out at the hall of fame which you know definitely means a lot to both of us to go to something like that and then you know, seeing the World of Deathmatch live, and then the next day, Cage of Survival, which was unreal. It was one of the, I think, one of the best shows ever. Um, So dude, seeing so many people, seeing everybody that we ran into, thank you for coming up to us, and uh, man, it was, I can't ask for a better weekend. I really had a blast.
0: Um, What did you think of, like, just TOS as a tournament overall, though?
1: This was one of the best tournaments i've seen um i felt like last year's had a little bit of a magic to it because it was the first show post covid so this is the first show that anybody could go to in jersey that you didn't have to wear a mask to Mm -hmm. um and it was full capacity so that like tos 666 was just everyone was hyped for that reason but this I feel like as you said, there wasn't really a bad match. There were a few like eh matches, the last year ones. This one was very international, like dream matches, people I never thought I would see. I felt like this year also was very bloody. Um it was brutal. Um, but it was an awesome tournament. Uh I think they they hit on every match. And um I, I could have uh you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it. I would have uh picked a different outcome on the finals. <laughs>
0: i think I, a lot of people would i think because of the it's, injury
1: it it's grew. atlantic city also it's 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 our boy's backyard so yeah I, I, that also really, kind of helped i was rooting for tremont but drew parker killed it man and um this was i, I don't think any tournament topped this
0: really I, I really think this is the best tos possible because it just each match had its consistency they're like really, the semis last year just were so hit and miss. I don't you had really remember
1: real, them that much, you know?
0: I, I remember them both, but, like, there was one very evidently clear miss, and then there was one that was a complete hit of the semis. But, like, both semis for this year just both really had a good story to them, had a good – it was, a, build, it was a bro. clear narrative. It was a clear
1: narrative. The prelims um, were good, but the semis, you know, like that's how a tournament's supposed, yeah. to, supposed to go up in quality. And like mm-hmm. Drew and Rena was like, oh, that was, was crazy. We'll get, we'll get to like
0: all the matchups yeah. that inspired, but Hunford versus Rena was a fantastic opener. I, I really think,
1: liked that, man. I really
0: liked it. I mean, Rena Yamashita is wildly mm-hmm. over here in the States. I don't think she realizes how over oh, she yeah. is. Because, like, in Japan, it's like you just get the golf clap cheers and all that. And, I mean, to her, that's literally been most of her proficient uh, career in, like, Ice Ribbon and Freedoms. And here it's like a ravaged crowd of people who are cheering for her. It's a complete culture shock. But Hoodfoot, I mean, this was one of the best Hoodfoot matches in GCW, right behind Alex Cologne.
1: Yeah, this was methodical, I thought. It was very
0: methodical. This was exactly how it should have been. Um, I've had this conversation before. I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but this is how Hoodfoot should be booked. I cannot stress that enough. I cannot say any more other than this the big bulky sumo guy who can do badass suplexes, can do really awesome light tube stuff, who's a strong guy. hmm He's got the selling part down. They don't need to prove that to any of us anymore. I know, I know ICW, I know other promotions, they love the whole bleeding aspect of him, but he got yeah. that down, no problem. GCW has brought out a different side of Hoodfoot that I think has really benefited him as a wrestler overall. And I mean, I got to tell you, I've never seen a Tokyo Tower the way Hoodfoot did it, just was throwing dope. it... That was one of the most dangerous spots of the entire tournament. I'm just waiting for something awful to happen. I'm like, whoop. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, please don't ever do that again.
1: He threw it on her. He
0: just threw yeah. it down. He almost needed it
1: at her. That was crazy, dude. Dude, Hoodfoot killed it. I felt like he was... I dude, I respect Hoodfoot a lot, and I don't need to see the guy um, like lose buckets of blood. So I, I he, like this.
0: he's already got that that yeah. part down. And I think guys like Alex, guys like Rena, guys like Tremont even kind of got that out of him. Like he he doesn't need to sell as much. And I'm, I'm not trying to be mean when I say he's that. A like seller. like he's a hell of a seller already. He's, he's done. He's already honed in on a scale that most deathmatch wrestlers may or may not already have. But, like, to me, like, I've seen him do normal matches where he can do the, the awesome Saito suplexes and the awesome big strong boy stuff. I want to see more of that Hoodfoot. And I think Rena kind of brought that out because, mind you, I mean, Hoodfoot was the bigger opponent of this match, and Rena kind of had to work around that, and she did that to perfection.
1: Dude, for sure. Like, if you're Hoodfoot and you're wrestling in, like, ICW, IWA, like, rpw anywhere you're kind, of, you're kind of getting like the brawler type wrestler but if like you had something way different with this you had an international like joshi death match wrestler which is not something that's very common at all so it brought out a different element and i really like this match it was like uh you know the man it was crazy it was like the um the underdog um rena coming out facing like the monster the biggest monster that the u.s yeah. has to offer right and uh and she conquered it and that was badass man like like you were saying she got probably the biggest pop of her life and uh this was as as cologne and Stephen a said in the uh world of deathmatch podcast that i had no idea but this was her um one of her first like deathmatch wins
0: yeah
1: um because in freedoms they just don't i guess put women over men which is ridiculous because look how beastie she is i mean you well you, you saw i think what in a tag
0: team crazy. in a tag team form i think she's won tag team that singles singles but a singles one this is like huge and i mean i think also she might have won a couple in ice Ribbon. and i'm not too sure
1: risa sarah right
0: yeah her i think she won versus risa sarah one time but i mean Rina, really, the sky is the limit for her. The net, the semifinal match she had was really, really good. We'll get to that in a bit later. But of course, Rina Yamashita came out the victor, really hard. How about that fuck. ending, now, yeah, man, um, it was just it was brutal. razors
1: edge to how that good? was one of the
0: coolest razors edges I've ever seen. Move over, it's Jimmy fun. Lloyd. Move over, Jimmy Lloyd. Rina Yamashita is a hell of a razors edge
1: dude, she's strong as hell, and she picked him up. Like... I, I couldn't
0: believe that. I could not believe that. Um, so then, then I believe the next one was Hoodfoot versus Slade. No, Trima. Oh, no, Trima versus Slade. I am so sorry. Trema versus Slade. This was just a brawl. This was a flat-out brawl. This was... I expected this match... To like be methodical, but I didn't expect it to be a flat out brawl where the two of them were brawling right near us. Like I was, I was a little bit uncomfortable being that close yeah, to man. those two. And also, if you want the hardest chair shots ever in a match, just watch this match. I I don't think fight TV does it justice for how hard these chair shots were. Disgusting. It was disgusting. I mean, I have a clip. Of like, of, like, zooming in, and, like, Tremont's, like, hitting Slade in the back with a chair, and it sounded like a firecracker pop.
1: And I remember you at one point, you turned to me, and you're like, look at his back, look at his back. So you look at Slade's back, and he's just got chair marks and, like, wiffle ball bat yeah. all over his back. Like, they just beat the hell out of each other. And it Jay- was – um Slade comes
0: out with no raps. There was a couple guys that came out with no raps, slightly is, questionable. Is this trend? i don't know um it's a bad one at that
1: i mean he looks um, totally
0: badass in that in that rikers farmer's tan as i call it now dude he looks like a murderer (laughs) i mean there there is not a guy who has more mystique now in deathmatch wrestling than slay does dude he's awesome he he doesn't go out and eat with fans he doesn't do this he he comes in he comes out it is it is as much of a mystery about slate as it is with anybody. I love that. I, I, the match with Sawyer he had for the qualifiers was just a four minute Godzilla versus King Kong kind of affair, and now he gets in there with one of the greatest of all time in Fremont, and is like, "Yep, I'm just gonna take some thumbtack bat shots to the head." And we'll head about it. Yeah, and then the gut and had no hesitation with gusset plates, but the ending of this match, the bundles, I'm glad, also, speaking of the bundles, I am glad they did not use glass until at least like eight minutes in. It yeah, was at least eight each other. Like, I'm glad they made us wait for the light tube shots, because I, I something that always bothers me sometimes in matches is like, oh yeah, let's just bash each other in the head with light tubes and use them all and then, you, like, what else do you have? Yeah, you, you have nothing. The
1: tubes, man.
0: Built, they built it up really well, methodically. I mean, Tremont, he looked like a bat out of hell this entire tournament. He I, was I,
1: the go to the tournament. That's my go to the tournament. He was.
0: He was I think he was the MVP. I think. Hundred I mean, percent, bro. He was a good base. He was a good just storyteller with this tournament. And I mean, those Death Valley drivers looked like vintage Matt Tremont. It was kind of scary to witness again.
1: He does it well, yeah. Um, also, uh, that you mentioned the character of Slade. Um, so Justin told me Justin Finch, shout out to Justin. He told me that um, in TJ's vlogs, which haven't been released yet, okay. Uh, but uh, in the episode, they're like doing a backstage segment, and that's when really wrestlers break the fourth wall and kind yeah. of And Slade did not. He stayed in character the whole time, man. Like that's dedication. That's awesome, man.
0: I, I love that. I, I just, I, I think he was a creative pro wrestler through the uh-huh. Kirk, through Kurt Hawkins' school. And I mean, some of those guys really do not break character. And Slate, I guess, is continuing the on the time honored tradition of that. I mean, who would have thought though he would be in one of the biggest independent promotions in one of the most prestigious deathmatch match tournament he'll make it on i think he'll make it on tv uh, he honest. he has like he has all the potential in the world i mean look he's getting booked for other gcw shows now he's getting booked everywhere you possibly look so i mean it's
1: yep he's gone from jcw to uh gcw he's gone from to the main roster
0: he has he made a very nice transition i mean you can see him at beyond you can see him everywhere now he's a guy who should be honestly everywhere it's it is really awesome to see Slade meet, uh, rise meteorically to the top. So, I mean, cannot complain about that. But Matt Tremont got the win. Heads on to round two. Next up, Shane Mercer versus Toru Sugiera, or Sugira. I should say. That's how I believe it's pronounced. Um, another real awesome match. Um, Shane Mercer is just, he is not human. There is no way around it. He's like PCO's son. <laughs> He's like PCO's son. I like. I love to see those two like stand next to each other, and just be like, "Yep, that's father yeah, and god, son no right rat there." Boy too.
1: Um, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mercer don't care at all. Mer- he can't um.
0: Out. He no literally cares. lifted, tore like it was
1: nothing. Oh my god, he did a double. So at this, he he showed off his strength really well in this match. He did a, um, you know, a double moosal battery. Two of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my
1: goodness. He put tubes down Toru's pants.
0: Oh, my God. I, I would. I, Steven and Alex mentioned this. I don't know who in their right mind would agree to that. I mean, that like is just. Like in Pondo, probably. <laughs> but, like, I, I was. I'm, like, saying that. I'm, like, are you kidding me right now? It's crazy. It's a, we it's a one-hand crazy. slam.
1: Man, we were going nuts for that. And Toru also um, was very. <coughs> with the crowd they loved him
0: toru was a really good seller this tournament he's awesome
1: man he's like he also was bringing in like comedic elements to it yeah he was funny he was he reminded me of the young kasai yeah crazy monkey stuff like he just man he was awesome dude it was so like this Um, was so surreal seeing him like this is for those that don't know this is my favorite japanese wrestler by far i i love him um it was so cool to meet him, like really, really, really awesome. And he bled yeah. in this match, man. He bled buckets.
0: Yeah, he he sold really well, though, in yeah. my opinion, because I think my favorite part was when Mercer was on the top rope and he kept punching Toru down, and he would just get back up like no selling. He did like three times in a row into a Spanish fly. I'm like, is this guy for real? Cause like that just like defied the laws of wrestling. Like, no selling three punches from the top rope in a row. Yep. That's um, Mercer Bros. Of course, is very innovative medieval weaponry. The three-ball mace, then the um, I don't even know what to call it. It was like a whip with like sharp jagged edges. It was like a flail oh like a flail with it like razors. A, it looked it was like the flail with ra- Okay, flail with razors. What am mm-hmm. I gonna go with now? And Toru wrapped that around his arm, which I was like, "You're gonna cut your arm open so bad on that." Yeah, and then the did his bionic elbow onto a hula hoop of tubes, which was best finisher, dude. Best. Finisher. I, I got a I got a great photo of Mercer's back, and I sent it to my friend who was really inspired by Mercer Labor Day weekend last year in Chicago. And I'm like, "Your boy Mercer just got absolutely carved in the back." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my!" God. I took a photo with Mercer or Mission. I'm like, "You sure you should be out here?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm yeah, like, "Dude,
1: he his back with brutal." But Tor that—that's when his face got cut up real bad. Right? Yeah,
0: Tor, Tor was absolutely on one. I mean, for me and you, this was like Yep, Tor sue years coming up, party to the international death match scene. But man, he's just like a generic go-getter baby face. I love it. He's Everybody like, loved
1: him. His, He's his just, finisher, uh, as you said, is badass. So he put the that um, bionic
0: elbow. And he did that um on the corner hoop. too with the three tubes. And I was like, this is terrifying.
1: Yeah, dude. The, he did that at uh, we'll talk about that at the, the cage of survival match too. I love that. Mm-hmm. But this is my favorite finisher, and he he won by uh putting the hula hoop tubes. Yeah, the hula hoop, hoop fuckery tubes and, and <laughs> punching through it and knocking with it. the
0: with the flail on his arm, too. Yeah, I was like I was like, I don't know how anyone would agree to that, but there we are, Tory with the one, two, three. And then, of course, the last first-round match, Drew Parker, Cole Radrick. This was as good as I expected, because I was a little bit nervous about Drew. I mean, I think most of us in the building were like, is he even going to be able to do three rounds of this? And Drew really... I, I don't know if you remember his entrance during this. He had the crutches with the light tubes yeah, on it. And he like oversold it. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm B- like, B- you're not fine, but okay then.
1: Cole came out to like a hero's welcome.
0: In the, in the from- UFOs with J.C. Bailey. Get yep. tribute.
1: So the, yeah, there was a couple spots too that were like odes to J.C. Bailey, which is awesome. It was odes um, to
0: J.C. Bailey and Nick Mondo both
1: yeah yeah That's that a was lot like this match it seemed like the modern version of it really um and it was kind of interesting I, uh in a couple of the matches parker was kind of like the heel i
0: mm-hmm. mean, cause this is
1: cole's crowd you know cole owns this crowd tremont owns the crowd um but it was cool to see to see drew obviously like within like the first three minutes we knew like all right this guy can go like even though he's hurt uh they were killing it dude uh some really cool spots too um they had la- light tubes and ladders was a stipulation. Yep. Um, so we saw some ladder spots. Uh, we saw, you know, Cole do the running on the outside with the tubes and the front flips. And we saw the darts come out. Yeah. Um,
0: I have pops for the darts
1: every single time. They're great. They're unique. They're cool. Uh, and then uh, I love that ladder spot where they put the two ladders together. And two yeah. The Mondo Bailey. That was the
0: Mondo Bailey yeah. mega tribute right there. Um. Uh, I think my favorite spot this match, was when Cole knows sold a tube shot and just, he oh, gets yeah. the juice. That was, that is psychology right there. There, is, there is not enough of that in deathmatch wrestling. That's something, I literally told Cole after this match, I'm like, listen, you got it. You got mm-hmm. the psychology part down. I raised, I was like, please, there needs to be more of that. There's not oh, enough, man. there's not enough psychology in deathmatch wrestling. It's just guys- doing all this athletic stuff. And I'm like, Cole took up the extra step further. You have to do, yeah, man. If, if you want a match to go up to a second gear, thanks for the pun, second gear crew,
1: <laughs> Um,
0: you need psychology like this, where like, you're both fighting for that spot, and then you, there's this, this one catalyst move that tips you over the edge. And that spot with cold no-selling the tubes was perfect. It was well, perfectly I don't think,
1: done. I don't even think I talk to you about this but it's interesting that you said that because the minute i left the match i was like yo justin like tell me what part of the show was that like no selling and then they started doing the punch exchange because that was the coolest part of the whole tournament and you're dude it was crazy like he no sold them and then they started exchanging punches the crowd went ape shit and then the the horns were blasting courtesy of us uh, uh yep. which was i guess quite controversial but um Man, that was a that was a cool moment, and it hyped everybody. Everyone was hyped, dude.
0: Yeah, it was. Sorry, I thought I heard some knocking at my door for some reason. Um, but um, in all seriousness, though, know, um, this this was just a really good um match, a great way to end the first round. Um, I was just really impressed with both gentlemen. In this, and of course, I mean, Drew prevailed in the end. it was a little interesting at the end. I mean, like, I get what they were trying to do, but then the door broke, and then Drew's trying to do a swanton bomb. Yeah. And it's just like, and I was like, okay, we're just going to swanton with a broken door, and I'm like, okay, nonetheless, Drew got that one, two, three. The swanton was his bread and butter, as you'll see later in the tournament. So, um, I'm for the sake of logistics, we're not even gonna cover the scramble. I just wanna put that out there for everybody. Um, just just because it just A, there's we're gonna leave someone out of the said scramble, but B, um I'm just gonna say this. This was not the best scramble I've seen in GCW history. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Well, there's no glass either, so well, no glass, no glass, no life. Okay, sir, you know. Um,
1: uh scramble tomorrow which we'll talk about
0: yes we'll talk about that um but getting into the rest of the tournament um we then got ourselves um it was rena Yamashita, or i believe it was um was Rena and drew first or was it toru um, and matt first toru uh Matt. Was Tor Matt Treman. It Was more like a Four Corners of Pain
1: step. Let me. I got to pull up my photos because I. I think see.
0: it. I think it was. I'm checking as well because we're going off of chronological order, of course. Um,
1: it was. Uh, this is when they had. um this is okay. So, this was interesting. This was uh, they had uh, bundles and uh, boards of barbed wire and carpet strips. Yeah, in- it was it
0: was basically a miniature four corners of paint because they had boards on all corners.
1: Dude, they don't use carpet strips in Japan, so that was cool.
0: Yeah, it was interesting seeing Toru with yeah. the carpet strips. Um, he got really wrapped up in this barbed wire, though. Yeah, I felt yeah, really bad. So I was yeah. like, um, Matt came just, out
1: all bloodied, bro, and dude, they did some crazy shit in this match too. We I mean, had Matt got really fucking bloody in this, and so did Toru. Um, there was one spot that was awesome. Like Matt threw him into the corner, and he jumped up on the turnbuckle and like, yeah, did that, that crossbody. Yeah, and the crowd was going crazy.
0: Yeah, he's in. That's the other thing about Toru is he's insanely athletic. He was. I mean, that you don't see many guys like do that jump from the rain to the top rope like that ever
1: no i i, I don't think i've ever seen it really
0: <laughs> no i've never seen it yeah. um but yeah it was just um toru got really bloody during this match especially yeah, the gusset plate series of
1: dude yeah they did the gussets and then they took the strips and used mm-hmm. them as like tubes basically they exchanged like strips. Oh, i think it's like a unique thing to do and I, I feel like Tremont started that at H2O, so... He, pro- he did. Yeah. Tremont
0: is an innovator of things when he doesn't even realize he's an innov- innovator of things. Uh, but no, Toru got really bloody during this match. Like, he got more bloody here than he did in the Mercer match. And I'm just saying they're absolutely shocked. Like, this dude's going... The the blood is dripping from his chin. And, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. Um. But nonetheless, this was like a I called this one a battle of the sell artists because they both oversold every single thing. I think Trima probably was in the back, like, hey Toru, like you sell, I sell, we both sell. And it just the two of them sold this match so well. Um, yeah, this
1: was awesome, dude. This was like the uh the psychology deathmatch tournament. Oh, yeah, this... match, sorry um <laughs> no you're good yeah both of them awesome match and uh yeah dude i, I at one point i was like man
0: is losing a lot of
1: blood is he gonna be yeah dead? he was
0: mm. um i have this i'm looking through my photos there's this great photo of Torres just looking at us side-headed with while we're that, taking yeah. photos i'm like oh my goodness this guy is still selling to the till even after the bell so vintage Torres is um, well, an absolute madman.
1: He finished the match with uh trema because they had a bundle. I remember this, they had a bundle and all the boards and a and they had Justin's razor board, Justin Finn. Yeah. And he uh won with a Death Valley driver onto like the pit of boards and everything. And I thought the coolest part of this match was after when they did like the bow of respect and the yeah. hug. It was awesome, man. And then the guy's a freaking nutcase. He, he's like 10, 20 minutes later. He's at like the merch table. Like,
0: yeah, that was another guy who was like, "Yeah, I'm go to the merch table. No big deal. Um, it was just, it was pure madness. I son. didn't know I mean. he get hurt in
1: this tournament, except for me and John Gray, the referee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you didn't get hurt during the tournament. We sure. got hurt. Yes. Uh, the next day we'll get into that. Um, but the, other semifinal final match, of course, Rena Yamashita versus Drew Parker. This was pains of glass, bundles, you know the whole deal. Um, this was this, awesome, man. I'm going to say this. Rina Yamashita finally got to play the heel for once in her career, and she took full glory of it. She took oh, yeah. full glory. She was on point. I mean, the whole gnawing at the injury, the whole swing of the tubes, at the I was in pure awe of Rina Yamashita during this match. I mean, everyone really had a great moment in this tournament, but Rena, man, she was on one. I was like, I think this is the first time she's ever played heel in a match.
1: Yeah, dude. She did some heel shit, too, like biting Parker's scars and then and then dude it started bleeding like like you could see the stitches like coming up man yeah
0: i was that was a little uncomfortable for my crazy
1: dude and um dude i love Panes of glass too and it was good i like uh in jersey we never see them
0: anymore so this was cool um yeah i mean they both really played off of each other really well Uh, another great psychology match i mean this was I don't think you could have come up with a better eight people for this tournament. Well, this
1: is also a match that we, you wouldn't typically see. So, you know, Drew's big Japan or he was contracted to big Japan and Rena's, you know, freedom. So like this, I don't, you know, this didn't happen in Japan, you know, it really couldn't. So, it's so cool that we were there for this man. Sorry for anyone that wasn't, I feel like we're like hammering
0: it that we were. No, I mean, it happens. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, I mean, we were there, so we were giving you guys the insight as to how awesome it was. I'm looking to some of my clips, actually. I got the, uh, the Drew Parker arena dart shot. And I mean, it, it's so, some of the imagery from these matches is so visceral. Um, crazy to look at, man. It's so like, uh, it, it feels so like artistic, honestly. It's um, funny. There are fans who are like, who like to complain about the self like infliction of the doing the tube shot over the head and i'm like that's just like an energy booster like i don't
1: yeah the adrenaline's flowing you know the adrenaline's uh, flowing that's how it works i mean man
0: everyone needs to stop nitpicking eh, like well i i I, I can understand people are like oh it's already such a painful match and i'm like just it's just something to do i mean it's like the fighting spirit Um, exactly
1: it's fighting spirit it's literally uh that's literally the perfect description for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, Rena and Drew just really, really hit this one out of the park. I mean, if you're Freedoms right now and you're anticipating Drew Parker walking through your doors, you better get ready. That's all I I'm going to say. They'll probably there. be the
1: Freedoms champion. They're not stupid.
0: Being a Freedoms champion in like seven months or some crazy timeline.
1: Yeah, for real, dude. But this was uh, Drew one with uh, Swanton through the pain. So, you know, Um, obviously the Swanton was his... uh, Was his
0: winner, and Tremont winning, of course, was a Death Valley driver, which, of course, set up the finals in a no-rope barbed wire bundles in a scaffold death match for the finals of tournament Survival. Um, Oh, also, we should talk about the Deathmatch Hall of Fame segment that they did with... I got to say this, but Murdoch in the IWA hat in the that was funny man i I thought that promo he did was hilarious he's like i'm gonna shut this down in front of these deathmatch hall of famers and this and that um if in case you're you're wondering who some of these guys are i mean madman panda of course our good dear friend yours especially um then what the life beater himself I, i need to explain this to people who don't know but he was literally named the wife beater because he came out in the, the white shirts. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, j- I just want to make that clear because I know there are people like, why was he named the wife beater? It's a little weird, but yeah. It, but that was the 90s of wrestling sometimes. There was wacky characters and he was one of them. He basically was Deathmatch Goldberg. I mean, dude literally yeah. had like maybe three, four moves and then got out of the ring and did it all over again and ate yeah. potato chips to the ring for crying out loud um and then of course deranged and uh who was inducting of course toby klein who um was gracious enough to give me a beer after that segment he did give you a beer i I remember that and uh of course i found out later in the night he doesn't drink so i was like oh that's why he gave me the beer well this is cool man because this is i feel like
1: why i feel like me you and i like gcw so much because they do special stuff like this yeah like allowing the old the the legends to get like some some spots and and wife feet
0: doing that um choke break or not the choke breaker the the choke whatever that's called yeah the choke steiner the choke steiner okay and i'm like that is the coolest thing ever like i mean yeah it made murdoch look a little weak going to see us but i'm like it's it's the wife beater, man. It's 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 a cool moment. Um, then of course, Sick Nick Mondo and Alex cologne came out to present the trophy for TOS. Yeah. Um, I had a, a sorry if I'm getting a little emotional here, but of course, Drew Parker. If you saw, um, so um, pretty much um. Drew came out in the Dream Eater jersey that was yeah. made specifically for him. Um, of course, already Ponda mentioned Marcus Crane. Um, it, it really um, was an awesome moment. But of course, then Tremont with that incredible entrance. Um, that was fucking awesome. I, I, I truly understand why he comes out to separate ways now. But he saved it for the finals. The whole crowd is
1: stinging it, dude.
0: There's not a more special moment I got this great these great photos of him after the streamers come down just Tremont staring both of us in the eyes and I saw the eyes of a motivated man once again I mean mind you this is the only tournament he never won and might not ever win I don't know but um it just um It really was a special moment. I mean, Mondo and Cologne were just sitting there like, damn, we're really doing this. Yeah, this Um, was sweet, dude. I'm going to say this as well because I think there are people who are probably wondering why Alex wasn't in this tournament. I'm fine with the fact he wasn't in this tournament. I I, I, I let the three-peats stand on its own. It it probably will never be replicated ever again. I mean – Those were the three greatest years of Alex Cologne's career right there. Um, This was the best eight people you could have possibly put on this tournament. This really was. Um, But let's get into the match, though, itself. I mean, Matt was doing a lot of base work for Drew. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It was a lot of base work, but also, I mean, there was some real shock and awe stuff, like... um, like, pretty much uh, Drew taking the dart to the cheek. Yeah. Um, true horrifying stuff. If you've never seen that before, you're probably sitting there like, what did I get myself into? Um, I'm literally looking through my photos. I actually have a zoom-in version of Drew with the dart in his cheek. I know not safe for work material. Um, but a great story here. This was a really, really great story. The past the present versus really the future, and yeah. I mean, I, I again I think if things weren't the way they were with the Drew Parker injury and with how it was set up, I think the finals would have been probably a little bit different, just a little bit. But I mean, I like they made it. they made the most of it though, which I mean, that's what you kind of want in these situations. You have to make the best out of a bad situation. They did. GCW. You were wearing, you were wearing the Parker shirt.
1: I was wearing the Tremont shirt. So we both got what we wanted out of this tournament.
0: Yeah, we kind of predicted the tournament without really telling you all that. Yeah, we, we just tournament. kind of showed up and we're like, yeah, it's going to be it, man. Um, but it just, it was a really good psychology with these two. Um, glad that they went with the fact that Drew didn't win with the Swanton here. I'm glad, like, they, I like that the, if you were paying close attention to the story and, oh, that he didn't win with that finisher, it's going to take somebody else to beat Tremont. And the fact that he beat Fremont with the very same maneuver that got him injured in Las Vegas more than a week ago. Yeah. The same knees to the with the tube and did that successfully for the one, two, three was a real icing on the cake kind of moment. Like cool. I did that like I did it.
1: It's like, oh, if you, if you if you want to beat me, the legend, you gotta
0: give me everything you've got.
1: You got to go to that length and pretend, you know.
0: Like I bet he was freak, probably freaked out to do that. But I think it was a good storytelling play, and it kind of, it, it really was a good way to end this tournament. Um, it just Man, that's it, like the, the most sense. Kings Road not my brand name,
1: but that's like the most Kings road style finish. I could think of like, you know, man, whip out the finisher that it's like the burning hammer kind of,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, it was just, it was really quintessential booking. It was really quintessential finish right there. And um, man, it was just a solid, solid way to end the tournament. I know some people were like, Oh, a little slow here and there, but that's, you had to make do with a very, very, sticky situation with drew's thigh basically being not a hundred percent as he as he told us after the tournament literally doctors told me he had 30 days on crutches took the crutches off in five was not missing tournament survival for the world um give or take i mean drew parker now etches himself in history as the seventh tournament of survival champion yeah and the sky's the limit for him. He's a freeze freelance. Now he's, I know, um, unfortunately he wasn't able to compete against Clint Margera and TNT and I would have really liked to see that match play out, but I think they'll, I think they're going to run it back in September. I've, I've been told, but, um, nonetheless, this could be the year of Drew Parker we still have a good six months left in the year. Um, We'll definitely be keeping an eye on him. I know you will be keeping an eye on him as well as everyone else. Um, But good way to congratulations to Drew from both of us, though. Absolutely, one hundred percent. An absolute great dude. He actually pops for my shirt as we he was walking out. He smiled at me. I'm like, oh, so he knows my shirt. Nice. And um, of course, I'm actually wearing the Drew Parker the TOS print, the Misfit print, which is awesome. Um, But yeah, Deathmatch Hall of Fame was that night. Some great stories. Toby Klein's was a fantastic one, really. I think that was my favorite one. Um, re- I'm glad that this wasn't just all a doom and gloom Hall of Fame class, you know? Because last year's was just – first, you had Supreme, who passed away. And I was like, oh, boy. But this was, like, a good one. It had a good mix. I mean, uh, of course, Panda really fought through the emotions, to. um to be able to talk about J.C. Bailey as best as he could. Um, Mondo talking about wife Beater, then Beater only being up there for 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah. One of the true um, swerve moments of the weekend. Um, Also, Nick Gage talking about Dewey Donovan. I could listen to Nick talk about Dewey, like for the rest of my days. Um, Really fun stuff there. And also hearing Dewey talk for me is like a real trip. Because I've never heard Dewey talk until that night. I was like, wait, that's what Dewey sounds like? Mm-hmm. I had never thought that. And, of course, I mean, you can watch that for free on the g YouTube. Um, it was really, really good tournament. Uh, or I should say the Hall of Fame ceremony. I mean, yeah, Toby Klein's was great. I know De- Derange had a really hard time getting through his speech. shout yeah. out to him for getting through it. I really appreciate it. Um, so, dude, so
1: right after that, like – uh you said the uh, you know we had the hall of fame that was that was fun yeah uh, but like right after the world of deathmatch podcast we go back to my my room right and uh we're just sitting there and i get a knock at the door like a bang at the door and i'm like oh who is it like maybe it's you maybe it's like frank um <sighs> not me because i already left <laughs> i open the door and it's eugene the weapons builder wait and what yeah i don't know if i told you this no like, you didn't what? he's like oh um hey i thought this was my room i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> and and then he was like oh like and we're like come in come in and so we came Gene. In and he hung out with us and just like he just talked to us for like 30 minutes and we're like tell us about the cage and he's like oh hey, no to get tomorrow I'm like that was that was cool to meet that guy Man. I, I met
0: i met eugene last year and I, my story with him is that when he got inducted um, I went up there to and took a photo, and I told him like last year this TOS last year was my first ever live deathmatch show, and he just knocks me over. He's like, How about that for a fucking tournament and all yeah. that? And I'm like, Oh my god, you just turned the gear on me, sir. Yeah, but well, no, him and Tommy, fantastic guys. I, I made sure to say hi to them when they came to Chicago for Art of War Games last year. Two of the sweetest men in all of wrestling and deathmatch wrestling. Um But then, flash forward to Cage of Survival. This was probably one of the best singular non-tournament GCW shows I've been to, if not the best. 100%. Um, Best scramble ever. Won't get into the results of the winner for the sake of all of us, Um, but really great scramble. Um, Some awesome moves. It's free on YouTube, for now. Mm -hmm. just going to say that. Um... I really like Lufisto versus Masha Slamovich. I don't care what anyone says. I'm a big Lufisto fan. I love Lufiso's work since Shimmer, since CZW. She's one of the all-time greats in women's wrestling, so does not get enough respect. Was so happy when she got the Indy Wrestling Hall of Fame nod. I mean, she is like a trailblazer. And her and Masha... I don't know what it is, but it's so badass when like you start hearing what, like someone talking their native tongue, and you're just like, "Shit's about to get serious." Yeah. I, yeah, I just thought they had a great match together. I know there was some banter coming from elsewhere, but um, the <laughs> Matt the Matt Cardona segment. I just want to say this was one of the best segments GCW's ever done. the The crowd was hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some amazing photos came out of it. Like, if you know, if you know, you know, you know. You know, If you don't, just look up Chris Grosso on Twitter. He'll think he'll thank us later for the cloud. I can't believe he captured that. Man. I can't believe he captured it either. I can't believe anyone captured that for that matter. Um, but the whole making fun of the uh, Mac Cardona wheelchair segment from when he was in WAE to blake christian being a woo woo mark oh my goodness yeah it was good stuff that was amazing i'm sorry that was one of my favorite segments i've ever seen in an indie wrestling show in my life
1: yeah it was a good story
0: it was it was great and i mean blake christian he's in line for a gcw title shot yeah i guess mox just maybe in nashville his hometown true i didn't think about that the same But, but stay tuned for that one um Gotta talk though about the tag team deathmatch. match. One of the best death
1: matches ever.
0: Yeah. First tag team deathmatch match I've seen, or actually second, I'd say, but high rejects and briskos. But okay, um, hands down, the best one I've seen. I mean, Cyclope and Mieto, first time back in the States in four years. Yeah. said yeah. issues galore holding those GCW title belts till Brett had to come down and take them himself. Um it's it's finally nice to see these guys back, and I'm, I'm. There was a point made that like it could have been a surprise, but Brett kind of advertised it as is because he knows as well as anybody that like not it's been four long years, and not many people really remember them. They were a part of the old guard of GC. that I mean, like the
1: Howell days, man. <laughs> like nobody. Um, not, the new fans, yeah, like they probably don't, you know, and it's not their fault. This it's just not, it's just
0: time. It's goes not on.
1: accessible. It's not even on fight, man.
0: It just, I mean, it was one of those things. Um, Brett put out a story about how C. and Mieto were discovered, and Danny Havoc was tasked with finding two international deathmatch wrestlers for the Howell shows, and he he was the one who found these two. So if anyone we need to give credit to, it's Daniel Tiberius Havoc, yeah. who um, gave us the gift that keeps on giving in the form of Los Macisos. Um Literally so happy to see them back. Um, they had one of the longest lines at the showboat. I, I didn't even get to
1: meet them, man. It was so they, were,
0: they were awesome. I was like one of the first people, and I'm like, I'm going in. I'm meeting these yeah. two. Um, super great. Um, took great photos of fans. Mexico versus Japan. That also, I mean, it, it, this felt like, I mean, then again, I mean, for Los Mesizos, they had been to Japan, wow, down this four year hiatus. Yeah. They defended GCW belts and yep. freedoms. So, I mean, this was nothing for them. This is a walk in the park, but they didn't sure make it look like a walk in the park in the slightest.
1: This match was nuts, man. It was, um, it was crazy. I couldn't even pay attention. <laughs> So, like, I got so I got um, by a tube, uh, which sucked. It really didn't. The, the, I don't even know how it happened. They ran through know. and it helicoptered and hit my leg.
0: Yeah, it, it was just a random shard that hit your leg, and the boy, howdy, was. That a very interesting few minutes for yourself. Yeah, I was
1: bleeding. Mm -hmm. It was like running down my leg, and I was like trying to hold the phone up to get because Tora was doing the arm strikes, and I was like, I can't miss this stuff. This is once in a lifetime match, you know. And and people are calling it one of the best death matches I've ever seen. It really was. I don't think we can even do it justice. No, you just have to go watch it. It's it. it was it was awesome, man. Yeah,
0: they they had some really nasty stuff. The the cyclope. Suicide dive with Tor sitting on the bottom rope was oh one of the most God. terrifying things I've ever seen in my life. Dude, we were scared too because we were like, "Where do we go?" Yeah, we're like, "Those tubes are going to fly right out our face!" Like, there's this no is way. Like,
1: danger wrestling at its finest. <laughs> shout out to Deathmatch
0: Worldwide. Yeah, this shout out back. to Deathmatch Worldwide. But in all seriousness, this was good. I mean, um, the final few minutes, Rena Yamashita took some of the worst punishment I've seen her take since watching her from the. From the Fire Thunder Driver to the 450, some of the Miata was like, "Yeah, I'm back, but I'm gonna completely punish you for taking my spot for a hot yeah, minute." Two I mean, to the
1: stomach—that's brutal. No, that
0: Fire Thunder Driver was gorgeous. I, I was one of the best Fire Thunder drivers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did some awesome stuff. It was just really, really good. Um, this was a really good pace show too. For um, sure,
1: dude. This, uh, people were loving this match. And, um, man, I love the ending when they all got up on the ropes and dove off onto the glass like blood, blood, brother, blood, blood family.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, oh man, but no, Los Macisos gets the win. Of, they're, they're back. They're back in the States. Visa renewed the whole nine yards. Those they,
1: are their tag belts. I,
0: i'm gonna say this i'm really excited for a new generation of gcw fans to get to know these two again because brett loved them like uncles i felt like brett was like the little he was like the deathmatch uncle to them they're definitely
1: family they're definitely gcw family they are
0: family and i mean it's i could tell after the show how like gracious they were and like they just loved being back
1: yeah i got to talk to C. copay uh over Instagram about it got got a cool quote from him and they are they're coming for it man they're back and they're coming for it. So. You heard it, you heard it
0: here first. Yeah, you heard did. it here first. Um, but yeah, then of course main event time, the cage of survival. Oh boy, where do we begin with this match? First of all, watching the setup for this was morbidly terrifying, considering where we oh, were man. sitting we're so we're we were the the panel that was down with a pane of glass on it was the winged part of the cage and i sit to my good friend shop out kaya for for completely giving me all faith that i'm not gonna get cut up at the legs um because i'm saying that i'm like are we too close are we gonna be fine she's like you're fine i'm like she thanks
1: no, we were um, all like in the front row going like where do we go? Do we move this back?
0: Like we're like, do we move this back? And they're like, No, you're fine. And they put a I know they put a door under that floor, which that was a good idea actually on their part. Cause if it was just like the actual like floor, I think considering what happened with that wing panel, it would have hurt a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Um, but watching the setup was something else. You had to kind of be there to watch the setup. And You're like, and then of course there's the ominous singular pane of glass in front of two long wooden planks. And you're like, what are they going to do up there? What? How do they get up there? They take the way the scaffold. We're like, how do you climb up? Where um yes,
1: yes, they had ramps on the. No, it was section. like
0: well, it wasn't even like ramps. It was like they kind of like lean certain parts for them to try to climb up it was like almost like a little like on top of it
1: it was just like a platform at the it top There was two wooden
0: platforms it was like a ladder they kind of
1: put there that or was whatever a, they had a tube wine cabin oh the lattice it
0: was a tube lattice the lattice uh, that, that was on the outside there was bundles I mean, bundles then use a weed whacker though i will say that okay, there. There.
1: i noticed that this was a cooler setup. I mean, this was like uh, GCW's version of Cage of Death. This really,
0: this, I think this, I think they found their like TOS combination of the weekend. 100%. Me. And man, like T, uh,
1: Cage of Death was, you know, thus probably the flagship CZW show. And um, I, I liked the GCW spin to it. I really did. I did too. I, th- I, th-
0: I thought it was not overdone. It was simple enough that, as fans, you don't, weren't feeling, like, overwhelmed by what was in there. And you also just, like, I mean, you had probably two perfect guys to cap off an amazing weekend. jean Wayne Murdoch, Alex Colon, title versus title, winner-takes-all match. Yeah. you could have. Who could have imagined? I mean, I will say this. I'm going to say this about this feud encapsulated. This was not the best – for either of them i mean give or take injuries give or take weird shoddy finishes give or take a lot of different stuff happening it just it didn't click but i think cage of survival was like that third time's the charm kind of thing and
1: yeah it was a good it was a good
0: it was a good way to end it i mean i wish they i wish we would have gone to that ending a little bit better but i
1: Beggars cannot be choosers. They're just two different wrestlers and they work differently. That's they definitely. work
0: differently, but they found a way to come to a happy medium for this match. Definitely. And I mean, Murdoch, he really found his heel work this feud. I think, again, GCW brought out different things out of different people who may have done different things at other promotions. I'm just going like it the at biggest that.
1: baby face in ICW. And-, and then
0: he became this heel because the crowd kind of resented him. And it was really cool to see how well did these two work together. Um, Murdoch was loving healing it up towards you, especially when you were getting clips. He was just me. Our section was a bunch of hecklers for Johnny Murdoch and he was loving it. I, yeah, I can tell didn't. he was really oh. loving it. Um, Alex Colon got put through that winged pain of glass part. And let me say, I sent that to Joel Bateman and he's like his response was just this. That chain link did not hold up for shit. It I'm like yeah. I'm like they zip tied it. What did you expect? It was supposed to be the effect of a trap door.
1: Yeah, man, that was awesome. That was I got, awesome. I got, I got hit by a bunch of little pieces and when I Oh, we little, all did. We I all noticed did. I had like little pieces of blood on my Oh, fun. on my arm um Man. Um, also shout out to TJ, who was
0: like right next to us during the entire yeah,
1: match.
0: He, uh, he was ha- he was having way too much fun. I mean, that, that was the best spot in the whole building. Oh, it was. And we had the best spot in the whole building. I mean, honestly. Um, but um, I really like that half chain link, half barbed wire panel too. Yeah, they um, used that. That was all- kind of used that, but they didn't really use it enough. They I kind of they, at least they got it in. They got it in, but I felt it could have been used more. Um, of course, near the end, that insane twisting neck breaker on the singular pane of glass through a door off the top—one of the coolest spots I've ever seen live. I mean, I think that got like, um
1: and it got like ten thousand likes on the video for that. Yeah, I, I put it out on Twitter. I got like thirty plus likes, Dude, and people, I, love, people were like, "Are you kidding me? Like, this was nuts, man!" Yeah,
0: I, I was. I was when I was recording that. I was like, "I don't know how they made it up there." Like, I was. I was genuinely nervous for them like hitting their heads on the, the ceiling there because I'm like They're... they were high up, dude. Yeah. This and, was I, I was waiting for Murdoch to like bump his head on the ceiling or something because he's he's a tall, he's a tall customer. hundred percent. And I mean that happened. Then of course, I mean they did more uh Murdoch got thrown back into the cage. They did um I did I will say this match maybe could have used the extra five minutes, I felt like. I felt like the ending was a little abrupt. Mm-hmm. I felt like they kind of like Murdoch had that great fighting spirit moment. Then got put in the camel clutch. I was like, that was weird. That was a little weird. I wish they would have used like, there's a weed whacker right there. It could have had like Murdoch take a weed whacker shot and then do the camel clutch or something. It was abrupt. It was very abrupt. I mean, it, but it also did show that sign of respect that Murdoch finally had for Cologne. That was a great ending. Like Cologne beat out the hello beat out the disrespect out of Murdoch almost like he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And then of course the two shook hands and Alex Colone is a three time GCW ultra violent champion um, has held that belt more times than I feel the belt's history. Yeah,
1: that was a great ending though. I, I agree that they, uh, they finished off the feud. Well, they, they did one of the craziest probably craziest match i've ever seen live
0: yeah same i mean i i was at of warriors and that was crazy but this was just like i was more on the edge i was i literally messaged out when i was like you could say i was living life dangerously during COS. No, we all were man <laughs>
1: Jeez, that was just a nuts weekend
0: um but yeah i mean for those of you who saw us for those of you who said hi to us photos whatever Thank you guys. It, it made me feel at home for a couple of days. Um, I don't come out east often, I'm trying to make that a bit more of a habit. Um, but you guys really made me feel at home for those few days. Um, I don't know when I'll be back next. Hopefully, next TOS for sure. Um, but we'll see. I mean, so that is really our G- our GCW weekend of survival review and stuff. There's a lot to digest there. But of course, we want to. Give a shout-out, though, to our other promotion that is having a big show coming up on June 25th. I had to look at that for a second. Of course, the chains are heading back to the Hart Ballroom in New York, New Jersey. Yes, ICW No Holds Bar, volume 26. Who would have thought? 26 shows later. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. It's, like- it, they have had a hell of a run since really before COVID. It's been two long years for them. Um just gonna zip through the card real quick. Of course, both myself and Kings Road Wrestling, Mike Servino, are sponsoring this. So Akira probably opening the show against Joker. That's gonna be kind of like a Howl. That's gonna be kind of like a return to the Howl days. Uh, to be honest, Joker. Of course, if you know, he was a GCW stalwart for the very few first few shows in Howl. Um, Homicide versus Colby Carino. Just another rekindling of the homicide versus the Carino's rivalry just this time with the child instead of the dad um, the match I'm looking really forward to Casey Kirk versus Joel Bateman um, gonna be a hell of a match uh, Casey Kirk is on the run of her life right now um, who would have thought that I'm not gonna say who but I, I think there were people who were like oh I don't know if Casey's gonna wrestle there but people wanted it the minute she got to start wrestling for ICW would become one of the hottest acts in the entire company. Mm-hmm. It is a meteoric rise like no other. Of course, though, also, the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch, returns to the chains to face none other than Masha Slamovich. That's going to be a hell of a match. Um, but of course, Brandon Kirk versus Tommy Vendetta. Don't sleep on that one. Do not sleep on that one. That is going to be one. Tommy Vendetta is a guy I've really had my eye on the last few change shows yeah he's he's a cool he's, dude he seems like a cool dude and of course Tommy Bennett being um quartered by none other than the man himself Darren McCarty and then of course the Bev versus Casanova Valentine to round out the undercard but of course Eric Ryan defends his belt against none other than the silver teeth saying himself Atticus Coger oh, yeah, man. um the American oh, yeah. death the American deathmatch child on the line for Apparently just Eric Ryan is just going to pick on all his 440 counterparts to just sweep, to run the table as defending champion. Um but of course, check that out June 25th. I believe tickets are sold out but at the Hart Ballroom in Newark, New Jersey, um going to be a wild time. The Chains are back in what I believe should be their new home at the Hart Ballroom. Yeah. Um I'll be there. Um
1: i'm looking for i haven't seen atticus wrestle in a while so i'm looking forward to that
0: it's been that a meeting. hot minute they say in a hot
1: <laughs> minute yeah dude the last time i was at the heart ballroom for like the night weekend i had a blast so i'm really looking forward to this um dude i i really i really like eric ryan too so i'm I'm pumped to see that
0: yeah i mean there's a lot there but of course um want to end on that note but as you as you saw we had a lot to talk about today had a to, Get all our TOS, COS thoughts out there for you guys. Um, Again, apologies for the delay, but we're back. We're back on the main track. Um, Don't you worry, of course, and not next week, but the week after, we'll definitely have another episode of Your Dose of Death. But in the meantime, let these TOS thoughts materialize. Let them simmer. Of course, there's always a whole lot more, but just had to get those impending thoughts out there. And, of course, go check out ICW No Holds Barred. All their catalog is on IWTV for you to enjoy. Um, of course, shout out to Deathmatch Now Under. Joel Bateman's coming over here in literally two weeks. Um, of course, you already know mid South talking. the Deathmatch is happening very soon. ICW Milwaukee Insane 8. There is a ton of deathmatch wrestling to get into. Um, all I gotta say is just be on the lookout for everything in the world of deathmatch wrestling. So for myself, from Mike Cervino, Esquire, I love saying that now. It's just pops me every single time. Um, have a good night. Um, stay safe out there and just enjoy life, man. That's all I got to say on this end message. So have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. has been a count-out podcast